All right, welcome to Jet Bangers Ball. I'm your host, Jed Mayhew. Today we have Ty Siegel on the show. Yep, Ty Siegel. Ty and I made a record together, uh, the Zigzags full length, and he was a blast to work with. He basically doesn't stop working, which I appreciate about him. Uh, and when we were recording in the middle of summer in this tiny garage that he set up, uh, he's basically mixing and, and recording the record in like a long sleeve shirt. And I guess you call them beetle boots or whatever, but it was really hot in there. Uh, I'm not really sure what he was wearing, but I always wear Converse, or if I go to the desert, I wear cowboy boots, or if I go to the beach, I wear those L.L. Bean duck boots if it's, if it's cold. I'm from Oregon, so we don't wear flip-flops on the beach. Uh, I just like to be shoe-appropriate. Anyway, I'm not really sure what this episode is about. I'm not sure if it's even really an interview. It's kind of just Ty and I talking. But I had a good time, and I think he did too, and, and hopefully... When we each find some time here, we're going to make some more music. So, here's Ty Siegel. All right, man. So, Jesus, fuck. Like, you must be like, Totally exhausted. My voice is gone. Yeah, I can tell. I, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think it's, it's the worst it's been in a couple years. It's all Toad's fault. Yeah. Oh, for, uh, so tell us about, so this is the thing. So like Sunday night, you headlined Burger Rama. Yes. Which like. That was trippy. <laughs> well, like. <laughs> How was it trippy? Well, you know, it's Orange County. I'm from Orange County. So it's really weird that there can be something... For me, I don't know. I, you know, I have such a specific experience. It's like rock and roll wasn't cool when I was a kid. You know, there's like punk was cool. Or right. punk was a thing. Right. Metal was a thing. And like weirdo... Stuff like right. you know the early two thousands kind of like noise punk stuff you know. I remember when I first went to Orange County. Like to me, growing up, like I grew up in like you know a trailer park outside of Portland, Oregon, and then in like Seattle, like just L A was so foreign in general. But then like Orange County, like didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird like leg of L A or something or like. Southern California, you know what I mean? It's just a little... <laughs> but, like, we section. we got down there, we played this show, and this guy, like, this, there was, like, a punk rock guy there, and he had, like, charged hair and, like, bondage pants and, the, like, the exploited T-shirt and stuff, and we, like, went and crashed with him afterwards, and it was, like, this really nice house on the beach, <laughs> like, that he lived with his dad, you know, like... Yeah. And he was, like, a teenager. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I'm going surfing tomorrow. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's trippy getting out of there. Because I'm from Laguna Beach, which is like a very affluent town. You know, it's like one of, you know, Newport Beach and Laguna Beach are like the two wealthiest right. beach towns, you know. So, yeah, like moving away and, be, and being like, oh, wow. You know, things are a lot different uh, other places. Right. It's totally crazy bubble Laguna Beach. But then you came back, and then it's like... Well, that's why it was... That's why it's so cool to play the Burgerama. Yeah. Because it's like, for me, when I was a kid, it was like, I got to get out of here. There's no, you know, there's no one I can relate to. And then all of a sudden, you play this Burgerama thing, and there's 8,000 kids. You know, it's like, what happened? Yeah. It's crazy, like, the Burger Dudes, how they've set it up, how much they've gotten kids to come together. It's really crazy. Right. And I feel like that's possible anywhere. It's just that you need those people that are just, like, super diehards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just need dudes that are willing to not make any money for a few years right. and just, like, get it together. Yeah. And get kids together it's kind of amazing because i feel like there's towns that like you know like a salt lake city or 
these places that at some like for a few years they're rad cuz it's like who's living there at the time and then those right. people move away and then there's nothing yeah and it orange orange county is weird southern california is weird though cuz it's like it is a transient like people move in and out but there's way more of like lifers right that will stay in southern california than a lot of other cities well, I was talking to Josh about it from the shrine when he was in here, and it was like, because he was born in Venice, and he lives in Venice now. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what do you like to do? I like to play fucking rock and roll guitar and skateboard and surf. So I was like, <laughs> where is he going to move to? Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing is like, it's kind of simple. Like, moving back here from San Francisco, for me, it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It rules here. Right. You're like, it's always nice outside. There's the beaches right there. Yeah. I grew up surfing. Duh. Yeah. I don't know. When was the last time you went surfing? Like a week ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was fun. The first time I ever went surfing was with yeah, you. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. I still don't know. Do you remember when I ripped my wetsuit? No. Was that when we went? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I... um. This is an embarrassing story, but I feel I not feel, as embarrassing as me stuck in a pile of rocks. That was that was good. No, this is this is kind of embarrassing, but it it, it happens. So it's you know the the clench. You know what I mean? Early morning, maybe you were up a bit too late the right. night before. Maybe you were doing some things you shouldn't have been doing with some friends. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, you find yourself out in the middle of the ocean. Well, not in the middle of the ocean, but you know you're. Uh, far, far, far away from a bathroom. Fifty yards out, and uh, you get the clench, and you got to take care of business. Right. So I was trying to take care of business, and while I was trying to get my wetsuit off, it ripped in half. Oh. So all of a sudden, I just was this crazy dude running down the beach with a ripped in half wetsuit, and it was like this old eighties one that was. Blue was it like and a yellow. spring suit? Like the sh- was it the shorts? Y- yeah, shorts and short sleeves. Right. The clench. See, I I was too busy in a pile of rocks <laughs> <laughs> on the shore trying to... See, I've since... see. Have you, have you been? I've been a bunch of times since then, which is rad. And that was the first time I ever went, was with you. Yeah. But I, I didn't know... I mean, you guys did the same thing I would have done, which is like, you know, like, go like, hey, just go figure it out, you know? Like, as opposed to, like, sitting there pushing me into a wave or whatever. But the thing I didn't realize, (laughs) the thing I've since realized is, like, waves come in sets, you know? Yeah. And you, like, you want to wait till the set is over before you start paddling out. Like, you can chill. Yes. That's very important. You guys didn't tell me that. No. No, not at all. I didn't didn't think about that. And I also (laughs) didn't think, like, I didn't know about, like, doing, like, the turtle roll under the wave. The turtle. Yeah. Crucial. Crucial move. These are two crucial things <laughs> that you guys neglected I, to tell me. I don't know why a, I didn't from tell you this. Seattle. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm in like a pile of, I'm on your board, which I also felt bad about. I'm like in a pile of fucking rocks <laughs> and I'm like trying to get out of them and I'm just getting pummeled by like every single wave back into the rocks. <laughs> Whereas if I would have just stood there and like held the board up. Could you stand at this point? <clears throat> yeah, I could stand. But I was like, I got to get back out to like where Ty is shitting his wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like just paddling furiously in like two feet of water. Oh, man. On rocks. On rocks? Yeah, and just getting annihilated. And I think probably destroying the fin on your board, but I don't know. Maybe it's all right. I, th- I think it's fine. Yeah. Old Old Joe's. What's that? That's the spot we were at. Is that what that's called? Old Joe's. At least that's what I've heard it's called. I'm not sure. It's uh, it's There's the, like the first point. Yeah, it's like the break right north of first point in Malibu. Yeah, and I've since been out there, and it's awesome. Yeah, that spot's awesome. It's great. But uh, I also since like realized like that if the waves are coming in, not to like lie down in two feet of water and just get pummeled into yeah. the rocks. <laughs> yes. I, I, I also learned the, the hard way. Yeah, but you were like not 35 when you were <laughs> learning this. <laughs> um, so anyways, this is the thing. So like Burgerama, though, it's like 
it okay for one thing it's surreal to be like okay i'm coming back to my like hometown and i'm like headlining this like huge festival or whatever yeah. but also it's like we weezer weezer day Dude, it's so crazy. Is that weird? Like, I mean, because Weezer was like a band when I was like in junior high. I mean, dude, honestly, I was like, I was like, what? What is happening? Like, you know, I, I, I can't rationally stand there and go, yes, of course we're playing with Weezer. Right. It's like, what? Right. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Did you, you know? did you go down the first day and see Weezer? No, because I kind of can't be at a music festival like for two days in a row. It's too crazy for me. I actually saw you on Saturday night. I don't know why I just yeah. asked you that question. But you were, I didn't, we didn't say hi. I didn't say hi to you. Where, wait, were you at that show? I was at the White Fence show. Yeah. But I came like right at the end and then you were leaving. Oh. And I saw Charlie and Michael for like a second. Yeah. I, I went and saw Lance and Liz play with Endless Bummer and then I left and I came back because, um, the DJ told me that uh, you were playing that night, and I was like, "Oh well, we'll come back down. We got a wristband or whatever, you know." And then you weren't playing, but what? But White Fence was rad though, and I hadn't seen him in so long. Dude, so Sean Paul's back. His his brother. Do you know Sean? Sean I don't Paul? know. I I've, I've met Tim once. Dude, the Presley brothers are amazing. And you know that's the thing. It's like I know you did the record with him, the hair record, and like I just like I feel like I. I feel like I don't know that band or people just don't know that band. And maybe I'm wrong. Like, I feel like they're really, like, an underrated band. I think they're, like, the most underrated right? band. I mean, like, the craziest part about that band is they, for me, it, like, fulfills both sides of my musical brain, which is, like, weirdo bedroom-style records that are really all over the place and really crazy. And then, like, a psychotic live band that just shreds and is insane. Right. You know, so it's kind of like you get the best of both worlds. I don't know. I mean, I remember you playing me some of the stuff off the record that you did, but the, the the one you recorded, not the not hair, but um, and it like every time I feel like every time someone plays me White Fence, like I don't expect it to sound like what it does sound like. Like I'm like expecting one thing, and then it's like totally like a punk song, or like a or like yeah. a really like jangly like. I mean. Dude, the coolest part about Tim is I think he's like one of the most like subversive punks there is where like he like he understands the fact that like you don't need to sound punk to like be the most punk. Right. And so he'll like sneak the most punk shit ever in like a Paisley pop song. Right. Or like it's it's just it's kind of insane. Well, and I mean, I think I like I like avoided like that darker my love band. Because of the name, like, and and because people like told me like, oh, they're kind of like, um, they're kind of like Jesus and Mary Chain or like uh, that Warlocks or some sort yeah. of like kind of like I was thinking it was like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club or something like that, yeah. and the name just kind of threw me off too, and so I like avoided it forever, and then I like listened to it the other day after that White Fence showed. I was like, just wanted to check it out. And it was like this total, like, it sounded like the band. Like this, yeah, like, there's like the band and the dead. Yeah, it was of. crazy, yeah. It's really cool. The last record, I f- forget what it's called, but it's like White and Tim's like hiding in a in a bush. Right. It's really good. Yeah, I, I added, I mean, I have to check it out. Because they were they were a band here in L.A. too, like before I even moved here. So it was like, it was just like one of those things where I didn't know about it early on. Yeah. And I just, I just assumed, it was one of those times where you make... A bad assumption about something. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I like heard the name, right? And then I heard White Fence, and then I heard Darker My Love, you know, right? But yeah, I think I was totally disconnected, like when that band was even around, you know. The name made me think of like it was like an emo band or something, or like it's, part of that. It's a TSOL song name. I, I, I realize that now, but which is so rad to realize. Yeah. Because you're like, whoa, that's where it comes from? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Super rad. So then <laughs> you play the Burgerama thing, and then fucking the next night you play again. Toad. With Toad. I appreciated your joke, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> we, we should Dude, break open, it. Open mic night. Can we talk about the 
Monday nights or whatever? Yes, well, there's a mystery person who books it sure. named Schnobo. Right. But it's it's a pretty cool thing. Right. That happens. Well, we'll just say like Monday night at the at this Monday like what, yes, no, 2 days ago. Yeah. Uh so your other band, another band, Toad <laughs> played, which is you and Michael and Charlie. Yes. Charlie on drums. Yeah. And it's, isn't Charlie the raddest drummer ever? He's rad. I saw him play with uh oh what was Charlie and the Moot Hearts. Yeah. And that that was the first time I think I saw him play. Yeah. And that was Michael's band. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's an insane drummer. Yeah, he's crazy. I wish he would wear one of those like painter's caps with like the flaps coming out of the back though. Like the round painter's cap and then it's like the bill. I don't Wait, I'm having a hard time picturing that. It just would be really. It's like a like it's like the little painter's cap, and like sometimes they would have like the and then they would have like the two like long oh yeah like things hanging yeah, out yeah yeah I don't know he'd why. look rad it would look rad that's, that's a rad hat <laughs> that's, that's a sweet hat that's the real only reason why I wanted to wear <laughs> yeah. it is just because I think it would look cool that's a rad hat when he's playing drums um <laughs> yeah I mean he's an insane I mean so everybody I mean you're 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 a drummer too yes that's how you started. Yes. Right. But, I mean, that's all. Everybody, everyone knows that, though. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I heard that already. Yeah. On the, on something, on the internet. Somewhere. I'm sure I said something about that somewhere. But so the Griffin, like, you guys played, and then Danae, your girlfriend's band, Bio, played, which was rad, because I dug the fucking... Um, I love chorus on like Dude, hardcore guitar. It rules. <laughs> I love that sound. Dude, that amp is like so crazy. What amp is it? It's so it's some weird like nineties Fender twin. Right. And it has like a built in chorus. Like, it's supposed to be like a jazz chorus ripoff or yeah, something. Yeah. It, and it even has like gray. It's even gray. Like right. fuzzy gray amp. There was a couple like I've seen Ampeg has one and like Crate makes like a total like stereo chorus yeah. like like they're all trying to do like a JC one twenty ripoff yeah. sort of thing or whatever. But it sounds crazy on like uh Dude, it's like hardcore guitar. Yeah, it's like void or something, man. It remind it just reminds me of like those like, like SOA a- or something. Adolescence kind of the late like the later weirder stuff. Like Rick Rick Agnew, like style. the solo stuff, like yeah. the Rick Agnew, like all by myself. Yeah, record. yeah. Like it sounded like that. Yeah, like in kind of Forty Five Grave, Christian Death, totally era. Like the weirder, like later punk. Yeah, the mid eighties punk stuff. Yeah, I love that. It's so bizarre, dude. Chorus rules. We need to bring chorus back. That's yeah, what, that's what I think. I, I mean, well, I mean. I think it's been uh it's it's been it's being used a lot. I, I just think it means I think what you mean is like in like a heavy application. Yeah. Cuz it's in like it used, metal. Yeah, it's always used in like a very like lush sort of. But Metallica always has chorus on all those clean parts though. True. Which sounds amazing. Yeah. But it's kind of subtle though. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I just watched all three Paradise Losts. <laughs> yeah, they just like, like redid them ago. or they just they they're up again or something. Yeah, they're on Netflix. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I ha- I haven't had I haven't had a, a nightmare in in a, in a I'd like to say like a month and a half. But that dude's out and now. It, yeah, yeah. But it was like I mean, I I I watched the first Paradise Lost when I was in college. Right. Man. Yeah, it tripped me it's, out. It's crazy. Yeah, because it was like on a late night HBO. <laughs> yeah, thing. I mean, I knew the whole story, you know. Right. But I don't know why it's like the scariest movie I've ever seen, the scariest trilogy. Right. Yeah, it's very very scary. And that I mean, whatever happened to the the dad though? Um, you know, I like was looking it up, and and you know, I don't think anything happened to anybody. Right. Else. And those guys are all out now. Yeah. And the one dude's like married to, I think, like his like attorney. Yeah, there was the woman that headed the the West Memphis three like uh fundraising like awareness committee. Right. Like they were married for ten years before he got out. Do you remember like those like West Memphis three like comps and st- Yeah. Yeah. Like 
That was so weird to me. It's like Black or like Rollins Band doing a Black Flag song. Right. Iggy Pop on it or something. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember those so in the. Sketchy. I remember those in the like uh, the soundtrack for uh, Gummo. Like in the store, did you ever hear that? No, I. I mean, it has like Sleep on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I remember. That's how I heard about Sleep. Yeah. Was that movie? And that was just so weird. Like, yeah, seeing a movie and then hearing like like music like that in a movie. Yeah. That like blew my mind at that time too. Pretty rad. To, yeah, I don't know that that Gummo or uh, what's what's the director's name again? Harmony Corinne. Harmony. He can like kind of. I'm sure a little a little piece of him inside is like, yeah, turn some people on to sleep. That's yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, That's super. It's rad. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so then so Monday night you play. So you go from headlining Burgerama to playing like, basically like a neighborhood bar. Yeah. With your buddies. Yeah. Who you, like, wrote a bunch of the songs with that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. It's fucking nuts, though, because it's, like, you have to drive home from Orange County to play, to, like, go to bed. Yeah. And then get up the next day, after you've played for, like, 8,000 people. <laughs> and then you're going to get up the next day, write a bunch of songs with your buddies, and then play, like, a neighborhood bar, like, essentially for free. Well, see, here's, I mean, because it's fun, you know, like. Of course. And, like, to me, you know, and I know Charles and Michael feel the same way. It's, like, it's not fun to just do the, like, big, giant festival. Like, you got to, like, balance it out with something weird, too. I mean, if you can. So that was, like, a good excuse to, to do something weird. I understand it's fun, but it's like uh, also like watching Paradise Lost on Netflix is like fun too. So like, just <laughs> like you, you could do that like another time, not the, not the night after Burgerama. You know, I have a really weird thing where like if I'm not if I if I you know like my girlfriend and I talk about this sometimes where she's like she's like it's totally fine if you don't do anything today. Right. It's totally cool. Right. And I'm like. Okay, I'll try, and I just can't. It's like if you know. It's like I can't actually go on a vacation for longer than like three days because I just start thinking about stuff I want to do. It's kind of unhealthy. I don't. You, I don't know. I mean, I, I I have the same conversation too, and it's like I just feel like uh, I feel like unless you're kind of monomaniacal about it to some extent. And I'm not comparing myself to you because I probably would not have played that Griffin show. <laughs> Much less the smell the following night you guys played there. I mean, that was yeah. that was like, because everyone's around and like it's like a fun thing to do, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And those guys are great and it's like, let's fucking do something cool at the smell because yeah. it's like the last like all-ages venue in LA. Yeah, that was like, let's play for some kids who don't want to pay... Eight, you know, hundred bucks to go see the that festival. Totally, which is you know, like there was dudes who were like, we took the bus from uh, Norwalk, right? And and like, yeah, I'm like whoa, cool, that's rad. Yeah, I totally. I mean, I totally get that, and I I feel like that's that. I mean, I think it's rad that you guys are willing to do that. I mean, that's the thing though. It's like you got to find fucking three other people that are willing to like do that too, or yeah. or to play the. The Toad Show or whatever. <laughs> to wake up the next morning and write a bunch of songs. Yeah. I gave I gave them no 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 choice. I just told them I said Toad's playing. I booked it. So and what they say? To show up. They they were like they were like Honestly. Fuck, fuck yeah. Well they they were like, whoa. I don't know if we could pull it off. And I was like, well, I told them we're gonna play. Right. So they were like, fuck yeah. So you just so you just say like ah oh, yeah by the way we're playing this show no I mean I never do that but right. for the Toad one it was more like hey guys Toad's gonna play right but the, but Charles and Michael were super stoked I mean it's got to be like somewhat <laughs> of a I mean I mean everyone's stoked I mean but it's got to be like somewhat of a like a bit of like a release or whatever to be like I mean dude, you got to be like stressed to play Burgerama right yeah yeah I mean you know it was awesome to get to to play it and then have it go well and be like okay cool that's cool and the toad stuff is literally me scream you know michael and i screaming right 
like really stupid shit, like the loudest we could possibly scream, and yeah, it was it was super fun. Yeah, and then and then we had an open mic uh, comedy night afterwards. Dude, that's my favorite part. So the Monday nights is the open mic. It gets so far out. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think I'm gonna start. I'm gonna try, try to like see if the Griffin will film the open mic nights. Well, I got a text from Jason, who manages the bar there the next day, and he was like, "Hey, man, that was really cool. Like, that was really funny. Like, sometimes it's not so funny. Like, that was good. Like, <laughs> he's like, then you fucking ripped on Ty. That ruled above that part, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's like the challenge has been thrown down. Yeah, and you, 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 you did it, man. I literally got a text from my girlfriend as I was up there, like on the microphone, like saying, "Can we please go now?" Because she knew, like, she was like, she leaned over to our friend Sean when, like, they said, because I didn't know there was going to be an open mic, and she's like, uh, as soon as there was an open mic, she's like, oh, no, Jed's going to go there. <laughs> and I was already, like, sort of muscling myself through the crowd <laughs> to, like, get up there. And my, our buddy Sean's like, you think so? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be up there um, probably for a while. And, and yeah, it was, <laughs> the first time was good, and then and then I came, and I came back, and I, I should have left on it. I know, but what are you going to do? Dude, working it out. You, exactly. We're trying, we're well, that's what we were out. talking about originally. Like, I mean, the original idea, right, was like to kind of like be able to work stuff out musically in front of an audience in the sense of like a comedian doing that. But then, yeah, who's going to, I don't know. I mean, I want, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, like fully, right. where a band's like, these are all new songs. We've never played them. We've barely practiced them. That's just, we're just going to do this thing. Uh, you know, every band that's played is it's been a set. You know, right? But there's you know, I think it's going to start turning into more of that, um, like like Toad or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, we just made these songs up. Like, right? Check it out. Right. You know, like I want, you know, I want to have whatever happen. You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess bands could play like again if they like are now like working on like a new, yeah, record or something or whatever. They want to try a bunch of songs out or whatever. Yeah, like I, I want to do something like, for instance, like approach Wand and be like, okay, I want you guys to play, and I want you guys to write five songs on the spot. Right, like that day. No, at the show. Oh, at the show. Like we're gonna watch you write songs. That's kind of a cool idea. And it'll be really weird. Yeah, I mean, it will be fucking weird. And I think it is harder to... I mean, it's it's, it's like a weird mind fuck because it's like some... I mean, it's like what you talk about, like, go, like trying to work all the time. And it's that same thing of, like, if you're an artist or whatever, like a painter or something, or, and you, like, don't... Uh, have any ideas and you just go down there and you fucking clean the brushes and you fucking sharpen the pencils or whatever until like you know something happens it's like you yeah. change the strings on your guitar you fuck, go through your pedals you like fuck with stuff like oh I haven't played through that like weird delay in forever I'll yeah. just fuck with that for an hour until something happens you yeah. know but like when they do a, that in front of people <laughs> a bunch of drunk people watching that, you like it's a whole different thing and it's like just like kind of trying to flip a switch as opposed to it like I don't know. Yeah, I just I would I'm really interested to see like could would would anybody be able, a, even able to write a song? Yeah. I'm sure. No, I mean I I think they would. I just it would it's like would would the what's the crowd's reaction to that though? Are they entertained by that or are they Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be very Well, fuck them. It's a free show. Yeah. So why not? I why mean, not get in on the ground floor? Yeah. You it's like come experience what happens the rest of the time? Flip your like brain around as yeah. to like what you're trying, like what you expect to see. You know what would, what, what would be cool is to get a band, and it's like okay, there's a month residency at at the Griffin, and we're gonna record all the shows, and take submissions of content, like suggestions. Right. So like, okay, we need some lyrics. Okay, do you do you like this riff or this riff? Okay, da, da, da. okay, we're gonna work on it. We'll, be, we'll we're gonna talk to you guys in ten minutes after we're working on this thing, right? And then record that record, and then it's like an improvised 
and focus grouped. It's focus group record. <laughs> focus group record. Suggestion box record. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these ideas, it's just like, would be entertaining for me. Yeah, but you know what? That, that's <laughs> Nobody the, else. <laughs> that's kind of the point of it, right? Like, that's always the beginning anyways, is like, what's what am I going to be entertained by? And then, yeah, or else why do it? Yeah, or like, what what do you think is entertaining or whatever? And then it might not be entertaining. You might realize like, oh, this is just weird. But yeah. that's cool too, I guess. Yeah, like this, like this podcast we're doing. Yeah, this interview. This is a, this is a crazy place. You weren't expecting it to be. No, I, I like really had no idea where we were going. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Are we doing it in the IHOP?" Right. You like, thought I was doing like an April Fool's thing on you. Well, I just thought like, well, maybe we're just gonna chill in the IHOP and yeah, and I'm just gonna have pancakes and <laughs> put a mic in front of you. It's just like sounds of dishes. And that stuff. sounds good. That's a pretty good idea. I mean, maybe we'll do in the sense of like what you're trying to do with the Griffin. I'll start doing the uh, podcast from the IHOP and sort of this kind of Robert Altman <laughs> get all the sounds and yeah, field, yeah, field recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just turn on a compressor, right. And you'll just hear everything. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, then you guys play the, sm- the smell the next night. Yeah. And now your voice is just shot, like, because you've been screaming for yeah. three days straight. It actually... It sounds better now that sounds, we've had some Yeah. I think beer. a little beer and a little conversation kind of helped it out. We also have all these, like, marijuana lotions that they gave yeah. us before we came in here. It's good. I, <laughs> I'm a, what's, what's the lip balm say? Is it... Lip buzz. Lip buzz. It's lip balm with THC in it. I'll, I, I think I'm, I'll talk about it when we do the uh, yeah. intro or whatever. So, <laughs> all right. So now... I'm scared to try that stuff, man. Yeah, I would give it to Danae first and see what she says. That's what I usually do. Yeah. I give it to, I give it to Jess and see, because she has a higher tolerance than I do. So, and you just finished recording a record with La Luz. Yep, yep, yep. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Is that the first record you did this year? Uh, that's that's the only record I like recorded for someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was fun and and sketchy. Sketchy. I told you about the whole uh, permit problem with my no garage. But you so you just moved and you just started to like you like built a new studio basically. Well, I. We started. We were we were like literally three days away from putting up like the double doors. Right. So we had for like sound. Yeah. So we had you know built a room and a room, and I had extended one of my walls of my garage like five feet. So it was it was like a major situation mm-hmm. to do, you know. Right. And uh, walls and wall 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 in front of wall. Roof below roof, room in a room, did the whole thing. And I stupidly didn't, you know, I was like, oh, we don't need to do permits, like, which is so stupid. But a lot of people, I talked to so many people and they were like, oh, we didn't get a permit. Right. We didn't get a permit. And, you know, there's this dude that lives across the street from me to like diagonally. Mm -hmm. I've never met him. And he's the sketchy neighborhood lurker that calls the cops on you if you do anything. Right. So he called the cops on me and ragged that I was building a studio. And it's like, dude, I'm doing this so you don't hear me playing the drums. That's the worst. But, you know, I, you know, I understand like neighborhood protector I understand the neighborhood protector, but it's just a waste of time. Yeah, I mean... Waste of energy. And then so we had to knock down the whole thing. Right. We had to knock down all the walls inside so that they could inspect it. Ugh. And then we got the permits, and then now we're like a week away from finishing. But it's like... Like, it was so hard for me to not walk over there and be like, dude, why... What... Can you... Why didn't you knock on my door? It's so brutal. I know. I've had, I mean, this, uh, not in the same way, but, like, just, like, when you're having a party and, like, the fucking neighbors, like, call the cops and, like, 
you know like the neighbor or whatever and you're just like dude just if you just came over and knocked on the yeah. door i would have just been like oh, i'm sorry man like especially if you've had that conversation before you're like dude what's just if it's ever weird yeah just come knock on the door yeah but so did you make the record before you knocked down the walls or no that's the thing is is like we were totally on schedule and the record was like gonna happen a month and a half after like right like right when the permit thing happened so i was like oh shit i don't know if we're gonna be able to do it here so i had to move all my stuff to my friend's surfboard shaping shop right which is insane that he let me do that and we just rebuilt the whole studio in there and did it in a week in there which was crazy right but yeah so that's what happened and then what, I mean, like, what kind of, what's the difference between the old studio where we made a record and you yeah. made a bunch of records there, but, like, what's the difference between the old one and the new one? It's just bigger. Yeah. It's bigger, taller ceilings, because those you could barely even stand up in the right. other one. I could barely stand yeah. up, yeah. It's crazy. There's ventilation now. Right. Oh, nice. So it's not wow. unbelievably hot. Yeah. Um... When did we make that record? It was like June or something. Like it was something ridiculous. It was brutal. Yeah, it was it was insane. And you were wearing like fucking boots and like a long sleeve shirt. I don't know. What I, don't are you know I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's crazy though. It's crazy. Yeah, I, that was that dude. It's it's crazy. Like when you you can just make make it work. You know, right? When you need to make it work, it's like uh, not having roommates all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, can, you can make it work. Well, and also just being like, man, I can't believe the way I used to live all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of miss that old weird little box. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool. Yeah, it's so weird. I can't believe I I can't believe we even got to do that because my neighbor there was super bummed. About on. the recording, yeah. But it was kind of, I was kind of like, I, I, I hate, I hated being like this. But I was like, well, I won't do it every day, but I have to work too, so I'll do it early, right? And when I think you're not at home, I'm sorry, right? You know, what I mean. So, what about? Are you? What do you like about doing those recordings? And I mean, if you're, is it just, is it part of the like? the idea that you have to be doing something and if you're not touring and you're not working on your own record you want to be like working on someone else's record or well for me it's like it's just fun to like experience other music that you know in that way like to help get sounds and mix and do all that it's really really fun and it's really interesting and also it's it's you know rewarding and fulfilling in a totally different way and for me, I always like get a new, a new perspective or insight of how songs are made or right. how records made when I'm watching someone else do what they do. You know? Yeah, I always think about it like for like when actor when actors are always like, I want to direct. You know? Yeah. And then like, it's kind of like more like the understanding of like. The movie, how it's made. Yeah. You know? No, it's it's very, it teaches you a lot, you know? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And I mean, I, I but I feel like it's a certain personality of people that are like, they want to, like, they either want to, like, do that and, like, get all in it, or they just, like, can't, like, figure out how to, like, do both, or, like, you know, like, it's yeah. too much, like, me trying to figure out, like, you know, this mic into this compressor versus, you know, this thing versus me, like, playing a song and writing a song. And, like, if I have to think about both, it's going to, like, fuck up my process. It's weird because I used to be really, really, um, really a a huge perfectionist. Right. And to a certain degree of, like, sounds and mixes and, and, like, I drove myself insane. And I used to be that kind of a dude who was like i can't do both of these it's driving me insane and then something happened where it's like i kind of flipped and i was like oh all of the imperfections are like the most perfect parts of recordings you know so it's almost like 
that side of of thinking about you know what pl- gets plugged into where and all these sounds like it's it's just it's almost like being a scientist or something now it's like exciting you know instead of like a, a headache right because it used to be like insanely bad <laughs> right. yeah super no, frustrating I, I no i understand that i mean it's like uh in 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 the sense of like you're interested to see what comes out as opposed to like trying to make something fit in what you think yeah it should sound like totally it's almost like like a you, scientist yeah <laughs> well it's like you know uh the idea that like the exper- like the thing will lead you in the direction it needs to go right so you just let it go where it's going to go right you should all you know and you'll obviously steer it if you think you need to yeah but like you know it's like a very like it's like uh we're we're just making analogies now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like letting the knife do the work you know right yeah being being heavy-handed but <laughs> but not <laughs> I don't it's know. weird zen yeah sort of it's like scraping the rocks into interesting the, yeah no i mean i think about that kind of stuff all the time <laughs> because <clears throat> i'm i'm really interested in like reading about like recordings and knowing about them and like but then when i actually go to do it i get so frustrated so quickly with it and then i just want to fucking like turn the guitar on as loud as possible and just like that's all I want to hear is just like a super loud guitar. Yeah. And none of like the idea of like setting something up or like yeah. rewinding something or. <coughs> so <clears throat> I think maybe for me, it's like if I maintain the, the, the semi constant work flow, then I don't ever get like too anxious and like overly, um, impatient right because i'm already like yeah it it takes the time to do this and you have to it's gonna take a few hours to set up these mics and you know oh might not have the song today yeah i take three days because like originally it was like i've been working all day and there's nothing (laughs) ah you know yeah but now it's like oh yeah that's normal now it's just all about the process though yeah and it's just as opposed to trying to the goal yeah, like, I keep making analogies about everything. It's about the process, <laughs> like fucking, not the goal. It's like a sports show. All this of a is that's amazing. Listen, kids, it's yeah. about the process, not the goal. No, I get that though because it's like I get that, and I feel like maybe that's just something that happens with age because you, when you're younger, you're like, oh, I totally want this thing now, and I want this thing, and now it's like, the if you don't do the work, I personally start to feel like anxiety if I don't feel like I've put the work into something. Oh yeah. No, if you, you know, it's like the same, it's like cheating on a test <laughs> where you're like, Oh my God, I have to like, I have to look at this person's paper right next to me. Right. I feel so fucking crazy. And you know, it's like, Oh, you might get a C cause that person got a C. You might get a D cause that person got a D. Right. Sometimes you get an A if you cheat. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't know. You never know. It's about it's about the process, not the goal. That's right. <laughs> well, we've learned a lot here today. Yeah, yeah. This is that's good. It's interesting being in this room, figuring by ourselves here in this weird art filled room. Next, with with uh, with weed lotion. Weed lotion surrounded a, by weed lotion. <laughs> a Grateful Dead book, and then we're and we're figuring these things out. Um, so now what's next though? Because how, I mean, how do you balance this fucking stuff with like fuzz and tie, tie Siegel band fuzz now? Like, it's like so much logistical stuff though. Like as far as like people's schedules and shit, right? Yeah. But it actually works out kind of amazing because in some weird, like fucked up way, you know? It's almost like I get to have my cake and eat it too. It's right. like fucking weird, mm-hmm. but it's true. It's like I get to do three, four tours with my band, and then we get to go. Okay, we're not playing for until the next record comes out. Right, and then we get, and then I get to jump on the drums. Right, and Charles gets to, you know, 
do the you know play play his stuff and then, and then it's Michael like, gets to go and do and his Michael thing. gets to go and do his his thing and like it's kind of amazing. Right. How do you figure it out with like Chad though, who plays bass and he also plays in the Meat Bodies? So then, how does he like yeah figure out his own stuff to make it work? Yeah, there's well the craziest part is that Michelle are, is books every band right. So it's kind of like we all just have these powwows and these meetings. Gotcha. And it's everyone's very de- democratic and res- respectful. And so you guys all sit down with her? Well, there's like an email chain. Or an chains. email chain. Yeah. And you figure out like yeah. who's allowed to do what and when kind of? Yeah, it'll, it'll be like, okay, uh, it'll be like January through April is Meat Bodies. And then May through... August is fuzz, and then, you know, right? You know, sure. Yeah, yeah you just schedule it out. Yeah, and it's it makes cool. sense. It it really yeah it really works. It's weird. I never, it, but it is a weird thing to think about. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's weird in the sense of like, what if I mean, what if some crazy offer comes along? Do, does everybody just agree to like say no to something? No, no. There's always an open. Like, everybody's always down to talk about stuff. Like, for instance, like, Jesus and Mary Chain asked me to open up for them right. in Austin. But I was on tour with Michael's band, which at the time was my band, plus Chad, right. minus Charles. What band was that? Michael Cronin. Oh, you were playing with them? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so we were like, well, we do have a day off. We could... Drive to Austin. We're in. We're we're in like New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to do it, Charlie? On a fly out tomorrow. Cool. So we <laughs> played that one show. Right. And then Charles got in the van because we haven't only had four more shows on the Michael tour, and then he just sold merch for us the rest of the way. Nice. I mean, it doesn't always work out like that, but you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then now the next thing though that then you go. You go from this to like just you're you're gonna do like an acoustic tour. Yeah, well, just it's like five shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny that it got like promoted like that or something. That it's an acoustic tour. Yeah, it's, you're just like I want to just go play I, a couple shows yeah. and like chill out and whatever. Yeah, it was more like a challenge, you know? Right. Yeah. But you did that on the Sleeper record, though. You toured on that, and that was mostly acoustic stuff. Yeah, but, but that you was had with like a, a band. band, right? Yeah, it's way sketchier by yourself. Yeah, sketchy. Yeah, super super sketchy. <laughs> but yeah, it's, no, no, it's I don't know. It's cool. The older I get, not this. This might sound weird, but the older I get, the more I'm like, if it's bad, it's cool. It's fine. Like I right. don't care. Because I used to care so much. Right. And I realized, you know, even just the past couple of years, it's like, it really doesn't matter. Well, that goes back to kind of the idea of the of the Monday night show at the Griffin or whatever. Yeah. Which is like, let's fucking everybody understand that, like, it may be awesome. It may not be. It's free. We're working some yeah. stuff out. We're going to figure something out together here. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good excuse for people to do weird stuff and to like talk about talk about it. Well, and then I mean that's what that's how comedians build their whole like if they're trying to do an hour long set, they have to like play a bunch of shows where they're just trying material out and yeah. figuring out which ones of those jokes work. That's like the scariest idea yeah. to me. Right. To do an hour of comedy. Yeah. Well, it takes like, you know, unbelievable years of like touring to get that hour, though. Yeah. You know, for some people. Yeah. For most people, I would think it takes a really long time. I mean, I guess there's some people I've I've read some stuff or or heard some stuff about Louis C.K. where he's just like, he's able to like crank that shit out, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't have writers and a lot of people have writers. But like for a lot of people, it's like it takes years just to get like condense it down to like where every fucking because you can't have yeah. you can't have an hour long special where there's jokes that don't work no you can have an hour long set where like there's songs that don't work right and people go ah whatever you yeah know? that's crazy man I can't imagine 
playing, yeah, playing like 300 shows before you have an hour of material that is like righteous. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's like, to me, that's the hardest, like, it seems like to me the like most frightening sort of uh, art form or performance art that there is. Yeah. It's because it's this weird, I just, I think it's so wild that someone is just kind of saying like, this is me. Yeah. And you have to, you have to trust me and you have to like get what I'm saying. Even if it's not them, even if they're just like telling a joke about something that's not actually how they believe it to be. Yeah. The audience still thinks it's them. Yeah. Like if you say some horribly like really twisted weird joke or whatever, people are like, oh, that guy is, he's, he's sick. He's fucked up. Yeah. He's like really fucked up. And yeah. just give me like a weird joke. That- yeah. No, it's crazy because you, if you're in a band and you do some crazy performance right. piece that's like unbelievably fucked up or something, you can just be like, yeah, yeah, that was the point. Yeah, it's rock and roll, man. It's, it's, yeah, we were just... You ever heard Gigi Allen? Come on, like, man. You know, like... You know? This guy used to shit around <laughs> and like, you know, it's not, like, it's not that big of a deal yeah. if I, you know, attack somebody or whatever. It's, yeah, comedy, man. I don't know. I have the most respect for comedians, dude. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's wild. So then, okay, back to the touring. So now we're, we're Fuzz is now doing shows, too. So yeah. you guys are doing a show down the street here at the El Rey. Yeah. With Endless Bummer. Yeah. Which will be have happened by the time this probably. Yeah. But you guys are only going to do, like, five shows, too, right? Yeah, we're doing just, like, West Coast thing. Right. And then record, well, yeah. And then we're just waiting until the record comes out really to play. Right. Yeah. Is it already recorded? No. Three weeks from now. You're going to start recording three weeks from now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crunch time. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. It's crazy. Yeah. Where are you guys recording it at? Can it's, you say? That's really crazy because we're recording it at Sunset Sound. And we're getting... We're renting the same tape machine that I have now, uh-huh. so it's like a sixteen-track one-inch machine, and then we're we're renting it, we're putting it there, we're leaving mine at my house, doing all the live tracking there, and then taking the tapes back to my house, and then overdubbing right all the vocals and leads and weird shit on it, so then it'll be this weird like like total abuse of like a beautiful recording, <laughs> right. you know, like. Right. It's something you, you're not supposed to do. Right. Which is really exciting. Yeah. Why did you guys decide to, just because of the space in the live room there? I mean, to be honest, we we, we were like, oh, we got to go somewhere and just get amazing, huge live sounds and then destroy them at my house later. And everyone's like, yeah, that's awesome. And then we went to Sunset Sound and like the dude was like, yeah, man, this is where we mixed Led Zeppelin 2. Right. This is uh this is where we recorded. Or like when he just kept going and we were like, yeah. Let's do it in this room. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, it was like literally I looking around at, at everybody and it was like, Yeah, dude, they they did Led Zeppelin two in here, let's we should record in this room. Yeah. It was like what are you gonna argue with that? It was like, Yeah, okay, cool. Like cool. Of course It doesn't even mean anything at that point. It's just yeah. like, Yeah, all right. Totally. Perfect. Yeah. It's and great. and the craziest part is they didn't record it in that room. They mixed they it. They mixed it there. So I think after the fact, we were like, wait, okay, that's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> they were just, at one point, they were hanging out in they this were room. standing in that room. We were like, yeah. oh, dude, we should probably record it in this room. Yeah. That's funny, man. Yeah. I, I, love, I, I love the, like, tour, the engineer tour guys. Dude. They're so rad. I love the studio guys, man. It's the best. Like, that, that guy was like... Yeah, so this is where uh, Prince recorded uh, Purple Rain, and this is where his bed was. Uh, I know uh, you might know that scene I'm talking about where he was uh, just laying on his bed for a while in the movie. Like, yeah, whoa, that's crazy, man, crazy. (laughs) And then, yeah, he's like, I think think they mixed uh, um, uh, Master of Reality, Black Sabbath, in this room as well. They didn't. We found out later they they totally didn't. But we were like, we were like, oh, cool. 
and the low, the weird low voice guy. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, um, yeah. he's been in a studio for so long that like his voice has changed. <laughs> he's changed. like a weird golem almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, um, a lot of different things have happened in this room. Like, oh, perfect. We'll we'll take it. <laughs> I remember, I was playing at one point. Is is I'll make it quick, but I was playing with um, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows for like a minute, playing bass, and I. It was just like for Was his, it in the Black Crows? No, 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 no. It was like his band. Solo, solo band? They, it was no, it was a band he put together for his birthday party. And we were playing out at this tavern called The Palms in 29 Palms out in the desert. And he put together this band of like rippers. It was like Jonathan Wilson, like Farmer Dave, a bunch of other just like insane Was it like shred shreddy stuff? No, it was like Grateful Dead covers and like, like oh whoa. fucking any like jam Rolling Stones, the Birds, like you know any sort of like famous yeah. band. They're gonna do like a bunch of like rad cover songs at this like bar, like tiny bar, yeah, in the desert. And somehow, I ended up playing bass or whatever. Dude, I wish I could have seen that. It was awful. Well, so, but I just remember we were we were practicing at this studio in the valley, and it used to be the practice space for that band, Little Feet. Okay. Well, there was just like a bunch of dudes that were just hanging hanging out and just being like, "Uh, hey man, um, do you want a burrito or anything?" Like, you know, <laughs> like just like studio dudes are just like, "Hey, um, I can roll you a joint if you want." It's like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. I'm like trying to trying to learn this like. Rolling Whoa. Stone song or whatever. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, I, I, got, I got a burrito for you later if you want. <laughs> Whoa. You know, that sort of thing. That's so crazy. I ended up playing the show and 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 did terribly and got fired halfway through the set. And another bass player came on stage and finished the set. Are you serious? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> terrible. I didn't know the songs. What? Yeah, it was, I was bumming out Chris Robinson the entire time. Like, he was just staring at me all bummed. And everybody was on Mushrooms. And they drove like a tour bus out to the desert and got stuck in the sand. Oh my god! Yeah, and at like four in the morning, this dude was like on acid playing "House of the Rising Sun" on acoustic guitar. Oh my god! It's <laughs> the worst thing were, ever. Were you on mushrooms too? Yeah. What? What was that like to get fired from a band in the middle of a set on mushrooms? It was kind of it. It was kind of a relief because. It, I was like really starting to freak out. You were a stressing bit. out. I was stressing out and like starting to sweat a lot. And he kept like looking back at me, like, "What the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Like, you don't know, fucking, you know, Misty Mountain Casey Hop. Jones, yeah, or whatever. The song's called Tennessee Jed. It's got your fucking name in it, you know. Like, <laughs> get it on, you know. And so then I went and just like stood by the DJ booth where my friend was like playing records and just kind of like chilled out. And then I felt better. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Man. I have a I have a bum out. I have a, I, I know that feeling of get, being bummed Please. on mushrooms. My buddy but was it the first no, it was the second time I was on mushrooms and this old high school friend of mine just shows up. Like we're walking through Golden Gate Park and he just is walking through the park and it's me and the uh, Dave and Andrew who was were in the traditional fools with me in San Francisco. And it was Andrew's first time on Mushrooms, and Dave was there to, like, trip sit us or whatever. And, you know, we, we're having a great time. We're walking through the park. There's swings, and there's, you know, jungle gyms and whatever, sand pits. And we're like, that's a crazy sand pit. It's a, What's it doing here? That's cool. <laughs> you know, this is great. And then so we're walking... <laughs> And, like, this dude shows up, and I'm like, whoa, where did you come from? He's like, I don't know. I'm just walking through the park. He's like, whoa, crazy, but we're going to play Frisbee. So he's like, okay, throw me the Frisbee. So I throw him the Frisbee, and then he's like, you know, he's, like, kind of dancing with the Frisbee, and then he throws it back, and he totally misses it. And no joke, it goes and it hits, like, a four-year-old kid in the face. Oh, no. And the kid falls down, and, and like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was a frisbee. It was a frisbee, and like he obviously didn't mean to do it. Sure. And we were in the park, and there, you know, 
people play frisbee. You're on mushrooms in the park playing frisbee. That's like a normal. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a culturally understood phenomenon or whatever. But it was the worst. It was like at that moment, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. (laughs) I was like, oh my god! I had ran up to the mom. I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh my god! Yeah, is the word. It was unbelievable. It was. I don't know why it was so bad. I mean, it was. I mean, I was really high on mushrooms. Yeah, that's why it was so bad. Yeah, it was crazy. And then the dude was just—he just didn't. The craziest part is that I was like so upset, and the dude who threw the frisbee just like turned around and just like booked it. <laughs> and so we were like left tripping out. Yeah, yeah. That's great, Ty. Yeah, that was a, that was a young drug drug experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Well, I got you here. Uh. I mean, I don't want to put you on know. the spot. I don't know. I'm just really uh, glad that you came down and did it, and dude, I'm stoked. I'm excited for all the shit that you're doing. Well, I was talking about you on the <laughs> podcast, this other interview I did the other night about my band, and they were like asking about like what it was like to record a record with you. That's that's weird that they would ask you that question. Why? Just because that, that it's, it's like you know, it's just it's weird. It I mean, that's weird cool. to me. It's cool. They're like, oh, Ty, record your record. What's it like to record a record with Ty? I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's normal. I, I, I'll never get. You, you know, on, I'll never. Get are you used on mushrooms right now, dude? No, I think it's just the uh, extra strength pain cream. Right. <laughs> but like, I was like, I was like, well, the thing that I liked about it a lot was that like you just wouldn't, you wouldn't stop recording. Like you wouldn't like f- until it was like where you wanted it, you would just sit in the room and like keep mixing and keep recording. I'd be like, oh, do you want some food? Do you want to take a break? You're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just going to keep listening, mixing, super hot. It's, 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 it's kind of a bad thing too, though. It's a good thing, but it's like, sometimes I need to like, when you're like, dude, do you want to go for a drive and get a horchata? Right. I should be like, yeah. Yeah. I need that horchata, man. Do you find that that's, that that's, changed a little bit like you're like a little bit more relaxed or whatever like you don't need to get it like all done that day yeah yeah yeah. and i also realized that it's it's better when you um when you take the time right like you got to give your ears like a rest yeah you got to give your brain a rest to like yeah i used to think like uh you should mix it right away right but now i i genuinely am like we're gonna mix it tomorrow like right. even if there's some time left in the day, it's like, now trust me, it's gonna be better. Right. Mix it tomorrow or whatever. Will you mix the fuzz record then yourself? Yeah, like every like Charles and Chad and you I. You guys just sit there and do it together. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll we're gonna try it. Who engineers it when then when you're at Sunset Sound then? I think we're just gonna get a house engineer. Right. Someone that is not. You know that he he can be very tran- translucent, right? You know, just right. like just pure good sounds, s- as simple as you. Because you're gonna can. fuck with it later. Yeah, well, like well, yeah. you just want to get like the straight raw room sound Pretty onto much. the tape, yeah, and then fuck with it. Yeah, and then do everything else at my house. You know, right? Just use their like really nice mics and a really good sounding room, and just be like, okay, nice shiny sounds. And then we'll get weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stoked. Cool. Yeah. I think, oh, they did the Doors record there. (laughs) They did the first Doors record. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yep. Dude. Light My Fire was recorded there. Yeah. That's heavy. I think maybe some Judas Priest. Really? I just made that up. Okay. I wish. Well... Thanks, Ty. Thank you, Jed. Keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I'll, I'll be. I'll see you in. The, I'll see you in a couple of days, man. I'll see you later. Okay, bye. All right, thanks. <laughs> All right, that was Ty Siegel. I'm not sure uh, if he or I learned anything, or if you learned anything from listening to that. 
But uh, we had a lot of fun, so thanks for checking it out. Ty's pretty prolific. He's easy to find. Look him up. He's got a ton of albums out there. They're all different. I'm sure there's something in there for uh, every one of you. As far as I know right now, he's working on the new Fuzz record, so that'll be out this year, and I'm sure he'll be playing in a town near you. As always, we're brought to you by This Is Not A Pipe, and we're recorded live here at the Green Street Studios in beautiful Los Angeles, California. See you next time.